Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 431 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you. And Todd, it's a new year, Shane. I mean, Todd Roker. What? I do that every year for our, our, our first episode. It's a wrestling reference. Okay. Just for me. Oh, good, because I know it ain't for me. <laughs> I know. I get all my wrestling out over on uh, At Odds with Wrestling, so I got to s- sneak the traditional one in here when it's the beginning of a new year. What show do you do? Uh, I say it incorrectly on uh, After Dark, but here I will say the name of At Odds with Wrestling with Adam and Joe correctly. Oh, he gets top billing, huh? Well, alphabetically. Oh, alphabetically. Right. Okay, I'm just making sure. So then it will always be Joe and Todd? Is that what it is? Or? I think it's just lo- the, the brand speaks for itself. Oh, this brand does have a, mm-hmm. a, a feeling to it that you can't deny. That's right. You should just go see a doctor for that. <laughs> So, like, we did two holiday week shows last week and this week, and of course there's not a ton to talk about, but we're going to do our best to parse through and find what we could find. Um, See, I I think we did holiday strong shows, uh not holiday week shows. Last week was strong. Again, I've already jinxed us on one place. I'm not going to jinx us again here. Right. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Something that we typically avoid on the show, but it was only because I missed it uh, when it happened. It was involving a, a new, fun, loving creator that we both love. Mm-hmm. And also some Marvel stuff that's been long out of print is getting put back into print. Oh. And uh, we have some discussions in regards to that, of course. There is a convention this weekend, kicking off the convention season hot, question mark. Uh, <laughs> digital sales and freebies, of course. What we read last week with Fantastic Four number five and Superior Spider-Man numero uno, as well as what we're looking forward to this week, wiping the slate clean. We'll discuss that a little bit more when we get to that. Uh, if there was any Todd's art attack, we'll be discussing that there, uh, as well as uh, that's really it, because there's no movies, no TV shows. Uh, the Doctor Who uh, New Year's special is on as we are recording this, yes? Uh, it ended 15 minutes ago. Okay. So people will know where we're at when we're recording. So Right. So we will be discussing that next week right here. Right. And I read issue 650, not Fantastic Four number five. But well, anyway. I hope, you know, I bet it's one of those things where they both kind of line up the same way. Uh, I bet you they do. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is, again, as mentioned, that's not something that we typically talk about because we do try to keep things, uh, you know, positive and uplifting and so on and so forth, mostly because we're kind of not that way ourselves. Mm-hmm. But every now and then something happens on social media or a news story happens, and we and we have no other news to talk about, and we have no choice but to kind of address the elephant in the room, if you will. So uh, over the weekend, apparently, Donnie Cates, who's writing a bunch of stuff for Marvel right now, most notably uh, Venom, and he's going to be taking over uh, Guardians of the Galaxy here in a couple weeks. Right. And he takes to Twitter, and he's just making... And he's answering people's questions and talking about folk, talking to folks about whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, he did Death of the Inhumans, he did Cosmic Ghost Rider, and all that sort of stuff. And then somebody questioned him and said, uh, when is your run on Venom over? We can give Venom to someone who doesn't suck again. <laughs> uh, or is at least not as far out of touch with the character uh, that Clintar would be closer to his own head up his backside. Now, when Donny Cates does these Q&A things, as a lot of people do with their Q&A things, uh, they will respond to the person as a quote tweet, right? Right. So that you're just not seeing something out of context, or maybe I, as a, a follower of Donny Cates, do, don't follow every single person who's asking questions. So there's some sort of context. And he replies, worry not, I'm here for a long time. Glad you're enjoying the run so much, kissy face emoji. Now, I'm not sure if it was the uh, dismissal, the kissy face emoji, will things fall off the rails from there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it gets to a point where Donnie Cates now has to come out and say, I want to implore everyone to stop sending hateful tweets and messages to that person. We had a disagreement, and that's perfectly okay, but let's try and calm down. No one should be harassed because of this. <laughs> right. And then he continues on uh, to say, and this is, for me, where kind of things, uh, oh no, that's another person saying they're not going to support his work. And then Donny Cates essentially had to come out and, like, apologize yet again. Uh, hang on, this is the tweet where he just essentially just says, uh, he needs to do better when it comes to these sort of things. Right. Now, I'm not sure if you, Todd, or a listener to the show, uh, follow Mark Wade on Twitter. I did. I still do, yes. Okay, so Mark Wade has bore the brunt of this sort of, I guess, interactions online for the better part of the last year or so. But Mark Wade is not like Donnie Cates, who is like, I'm not trying to step on any toes. Uh, Donnie Cates is not the first creator of content to take someone who follows them, takes their negative tweet against them, and says, like, thanks for following. Mm-hmm. Or words to that effect. It's not anything new. Donny K is not the originator of doing this. Dozens upon dozens of creators do this very thing. Mark Wade is and has taken the fight to certain people who are antagonistic. So much so that Mark Wade is being sued over some of his comments right. that he, he may or may not made. And Mark Wade went dark on all of his social media for a period of time. And now his Twitter is just tweeting out random pages of work that he's done in the past. Mm -hmm. And to which I say, Todd, how soon is it before all content creators do just that? To avoid situations like poor Donny Cates had and like Mark Wade has had. Now, granted, obviously, that's two different sides of the coin. As I mentioned, Mark Wade antagonizes it. Donny Cates probably thought he was being funny. Same result at the end of the day. No one's been sued on the Donny Cates side yet, though. Yeah, and this this only happened on Friday, so. Right. So we're talking comic creators, right? Uh, let's start with comic creators and go out from there. Okay, because I want to start with comic creators. Where is it going to happen? It's 
it's going to happen soon with anybody who has an exclusive contract with either of the big two. And they're going to end up having like PR people run their, run their Twitters. It, it's coming because of a lot of this is happening. And then, you know, cause companies react when they see, you know, cause you know, five tweets means five million people. That's, that's the rule. That's the equation. So when you see, well, I'm not, you know, you said something and I'm not supporting your work anymore. That's a loss of sales and they don't like that. So that, that will eventually happen. And I remember I'm going back to, um, I can't remember the, the, the writer's name. He wrote, uh, Quantum and Woody and we, we, we both interviewed him. It wasn't James Asmus. That was me. It was the, uh, was the other one, I think. Uh, Woodward. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember. You asking a question, and this will this will this will never not be in my head about uh, creators. And you asked the question. You said like, "Oh, this we're just discussing what's coming up in Quantum and Woody, the Hobo Code, all that stuff." And you were like, "Well, it's not like you're killing off one of the the characters. Like they'll let you get away with anything as long as you don't kill off one of the characters." And shortly after that, we didn't know about it at the time. There was a Quantum and Woody Must Die miniseries, and I'll never forget the the writer started to open his mouth, and there was a guy standing there, and that's when I realized he was the guy from Valiant who. Put that that was the James Asmus interview. You're thinking of um, uh, Daniel Kibblesmith. Okay, so then it was the James Asmus. It was interview. the because right because that one because the Kibblesmith one was you by yourself. The Asmus one was the two of us together. And yes, I vividly remember the Valiant guy almost tackling us. Right, go whoa, 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 and and I'll never forget Asmus going. I got this. Like you know what I mean? Like like and he just and he and he worked around it. And like you know we were none of the none of the wiser. But it's it's like just think about that in an interview with two schlubs who have a podcast. Uh, spoiler alert, the schlubs are us. Um, just doing that, he had a handler. Think about it like with, with Twitter. It's only a matter of time, if I'm making any sense. Something that small, where Twitter meets, like, you know, tons and tons of people, and, you know, these are iconic characters that are, you know, that are uh, licensed and, and everything. It, it's only a matter of time until they do that. Well, I know people think? like um, Nick Spencer, Dan Slott, just to name a few, have been completely run off social media altogether. Right. And I'm not going to say any names, but some people, you know, they got run off due to what things they did. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I and I get why, you know, some people got run off for nothing. It's give and take. Right. So, again, I only bring this up because. You know, obviously, Donny Cates is a much larger microcosm when it comes to fan interaction than you or I by a thousandfold. But I actually had this happen to me before as well. Um, Doing my wrestling commentary about a year or two ago. And typically, I don't, I, I, I'm not a vanity searching person in the slightest. You know what I mean? Um, if you're out there saying something negative about me and you're not tagging my Twitter account in it, I will never know. Even if, like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go at the end of this thing and search out Diamond Joe Leonard, Jakarison, Joe Sposo, any of that stuff. Apparently, you want to say stuff about me negative or positively and you don't want me to know about it for whatever reason, that's fine. So I do the show, and these days all these independent wrestling shows have like a hashtag for the show, right? 
So I'm waiting for everyone to show up after the show, and I'm just looking at the hashtag. Just I'm like, oh, let's see what everyone thought of the show, and I'm going through, and it's mostly prime, you know, mostly positive, you know, issues with the stream, not issues with the stream. It was good to see this person, that person, so on and so forth. And then I see someone say that I love the show, except the commentary sucked. Now I was the one who did commentary for ninety percent of the show, so I replied that I quote tweeted this person and said. I'm I'm sorry I was the only thing you didn't like on the show. Or words to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. She very clearly stated that I was the only person that she didn't like on the show, because she didn't like the commentary. She thought enough to use the hashtag for the show, but didn't tag me in it. And again, it's not like I went searching it out. It was just amongst the mass of these things. So she replies back to me, Stating that by me quote tweeting what she said is giving people an excuse to berate her for her opinion. Now, maybe it's just me. If I'm putting my opinion out on any sort of social media, then I'm putting it out there for anyone to give me any sort of comments negative or positively about it. Right. So I replied to her and I said, that was not my intention. You, The only part of the show you did not like was me. Th- that bummed me out. I'm not telling anyone to attack you or say anything to you otherwise. This was me having a conversation with you. I'm deleting the tweet. So she continues on saying things for me, and then I just muted her. This person obviously doesn't like me for whatever reason. My intention was not to say get her, but that's what social media is and that's what most people see social media as and i'm not comfortable but i'm aware of the fact that i look at the way that people use social media differently than the way i do right and i agree now like the way like it all depends on how you retweet quote retweet somebody joe like and how many followers you have and how because if you have you know like me or you like i have 300 and some i don't know how many you have like maybe a thousand i got a couple Okay, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, who's got more, but it's, so, then the more you have, like, when you get to, to Donnie Cates, Mark Wade, you get, you get up there, it's, it does, it, you shouldn't have responsibility for people, what people are going to do, but when you quote tweet someone, if you have, if you have, like, tens of thousands of followers, even if you have 1% of jerks come after them, like, harsh, it's not your fault, but I, I get where like having a lot of followers is with great followers comes great responsibility. Oh my you know goodness! What I mean? And I get it; it's not your fault. But the 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 thing I say is you should at least people should at least say like if they quote tweet and somebody says, "Well, because of this, I'm getting getting flack," then you should at least say like people should stop. You know, people stop. And Donnie did that. So I totally, I, 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 I totally respect that. I, I just, I, I just don't know. I, I'm the same way. I use social media co- completely different. And I just, it's all goofy, dumb stuff. And, and there's really, I look at it, I see the opposite side of it too. People like, oh, well, you know, uh, if, if you're going to tweet out these questions and answer, how come you only acknowledge the good stuff? I'm not saying Donnie, Donnie touched on the bad stuff because you, you don't answer any of the, the critiques or questions because there's no upside. There's no upside. 
it, like Donnie answered a question for somebody who obviously was, you know, came at him with the mature, like, cause you, you when you're going to leave, cause all your stuff sucks. Like that doesn't invite debate. So why should I even answer you? And then you get flack for not answering the critiques. It's like, because I can get fired for, for having this blow up in my face. Right. I, I, I just look at, that's why you're saying it's all going to come to, Hey, here's what I have coming up. Here's the page that I've done. Here's where I'm signing. Here's it. it there's going to be no personal stuff whatsoever, you know, in social media because there's, there's no upside anymore. I know. And that just bums me out. I get it. That's why I keep my social media hip and cool for the kids. <laughs> oh my. Right. So, the other bit of news, and again, not huge news, but nonetheless, uh, Marvel is putting back into print an entire collection of Peter Porker's Spider-Ham. Woohoo! Now, uh, this is based on the recent success of the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse books, and one would assume that the Spider-Man noir will probably get put back into print as well, uh, but to me, this is something that they should have done maybe... I don't know, a few months ago, so that it was out as the movie came out. And Peter Porker was, like, you know, hitting hitting that, you know, that crescendo there. Right. So this is going to be the complete collection, which is going to be Marvel Tales, and that's T-A-I-L-S, number yeah. one, and Peter Parker, or Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham, numbers one through 17. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll probably be picking this up. Now, I, a couple things. I wish they were doing this, like, as a digest size sort of thing. Okay. Uh, just so it's, you know, for the kids, right? Right. Because <laughs> this is, you know, technically, like, my kid, you know, the thing that he thought was the funniest thing in the movie was the fact that there was a pig who was Spider-Man. He thought it was hilarious. Right. Now, I know you're a fan of this sort of stuff, Todd, and you are also a fan of bad puns. Mm-hmm. So I have in front of me a listing of the characters in Peter Porker's Spider-Man, or Peter yeah. Porker's Spider-Ham. And I know a lot of them, but go All ahead. Right, so, J. Jonah Jameson is? J. Jonah Jackal. Very good. The newspaper that they work for is? The Daily Beagle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hulk is? Hulk Bunny. Right. Uh, Captain America is? Uh, Captain America. Very good. Uh, the Fantastic Four are? The Fantastic Fur. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to ask you the Doctor Doom one. I'm saying it anyway. Doctor Doom. Right. Uh, Kingpin. Now we're getting... I'm going to miss on this one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. And that's King Pig. King Pig. Right. And the villain from the Secret Wars 2, what was his, what's his name? Uh, from Secret Wars 2, wasn't yeah. it all? Just so I can get, because I never really read the Secret Wars, that was Beyonder, right? Right, and what's uh, his counterpart in uh, Peter Parker called? I don't know. B-Yonder. B-Yonder, right. Right, but now that's these... not... <laughs> Go ahead. That's not my all-time favorite one. Do you know who what Doc Samson's is? No. Doc Clamson. <laughs> Well, I don't know. There's a couple good ones here that I think you might enjoy. So, um, Daredevil is? Uh, Daredevil. 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 Uh, Nick Fury and the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. are? Uh, 
Uh, I don't know that one. Nick Furry and the Agent of Sheep. Ooh, that's a good one. Ghost Rider. Uh, Goose Rider, that Goose one I know. Rider, okay. Iron Man is? Iron uh, Man. Uh, I, I Iron don't know. I know Mouse. Iron Mouse? Yes. And Cloak and Dagger are? Croak. And I don't know. <laughs> and Badger. Croak and Badger, that's right. Now Thor, uh, and the name of his book, which was called Tales of Asgard. What is it here? This is the last one. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should have said it to you this way. Thor, God of Thunder, in his book, Tales of Asgard. I don't know. Okay. Thur, Dog of Thunder. See, God and Dog backwards. And it's Tales of Arfgard. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So since you did that, I brought it up. I brought right. it up. We're, we're rolling with this. And I'm going to. What? You got more? Well, no, not from there. But in the DC Universe. Oh, I don't know the DC Universe ones. That's fine. That's fine. There was uh, Earth. Uh, Earth C was where Captain Carrot was from. And Rodney Rabbit, uh, which was. Uh, uh, Ro- uh, who was Jessica Rabbit married to? Roger Rabbit. Roger. His name was Roger Rabbit, but they had to legally change that to Rodney Rabbit. What? And he was a he was a comic artist who drew the just a lot of animals comic and and it turned out that they were real on Earth C minus, Joe. <laughs> so do you know who Superman was? You're uh, not gonna get it. Uh Captain Carrot, right? No, but now they're the just a lot of animals characters that were in the comic Oh, uh wasn't Superman like a horse or something? No, Super Squirrel. Super Squirrel. Oh my goodness. Batman. Uh, Bat Bat. No, Bat Mouse. One Wonder Woman. These aren't as good. They get better. Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Wombat. Close. Wonder Wabbit. Oh my goodness. Uh, Green Lantern. Uh, Green. I don't know. Lambkin. Oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> These are, these are, they get better. The Flash was the Crash. He was a turtle. And then Aquaman was Aqua Duck. But the other members were Green Arrow. Do you know what that one would be? Nope. Green Sparrow. <laughs> Black Canary was the Stacked Canary. Oh boy, careful now. I'm just saying. Hawkman was Hawk Moose. Martian Manhunter was the Martian Anteater. Adam was the Item. But he was an elephant, so that was funny. Then, do you know what elong- elongated man was? Elongated the, ham? No, the elongator. <laughs> like alligator. Oh, my God. Then there God. was Firestork was Firestorm. Zap Panda was Zatanna. And the Rat Tornado. Now, there was some villains, and I'm just going to throw out a couple. There was the Weather Weasel. There was a maze zoo, which had all the powers of all the other animals. That's the that's the best one so far. <laughs> right? Then there was Feline Faust. There was Hector Hamhock. <laughs> Lex Lemore. Instead of Kanjar Row, there was Kangar Roo. <laughs> and my personal favorite, Joe, I'm going to end with the one that I think is the best one. Brainy. 
Yak. <laughs> That's my favorite. The villains are way better and more thought was put into them than the heroes. I knew, but I do love Brainy Yak and Amazu. That's fantastic. Amazu, like I said, the, the villains are inspired. The heroes, lazy as all get out. Right. I don't so, know. Let's let's use moose like six times. Uh, well, there was Iron Mouse, so you be quiet, sir. Yeah, but there's not like seventeen mice in the. In, there's they used mouse once. I can only um, imagine ha- the editorial in this car- this comic book for babies. We can't double up on any of the animals. <laughs> Where DC, it's like, I don't know, like man and mouse and moose sound the same. Let's just, I don't know, do that. Brainy, I want to see a Brainy Yak and a Meizu team up. That's all I care about. Well, hopefully if people buy the Return of the Spider-Ham thing, they'll bring Spider-Ham back as a regular ongoing. And I think they should... Because uh, that should be a fun... I like fun comics, Todd. I do, too. And I think we're not far away from at least a Spider-Ham miniseries. Absolutely. hmm So that's really all there was in the news. Uh, in, oh, pardon? No, I was I was went to hit the mute button because I was going to sneeze, but go ahead. I was going to say you were shushing me. No, that was an accident. Sorry. All right. Uh, Wizard World New Orleans is the only convention happening this weekend. And again... Uh, there's a variety of cosplay, anime-y things, but again, I'm, that's a little too scary for my uh, my likens, you know? And you gotta say it right, Nolens. <laughs> Nolens, no, I, I will say it in New Orleans like a dumb northerner. Nolens. Uh, some of the guests that are gonna be there, uh, Jason Momoa, hot off his uh, stint, and I do mean hot, as Aquaman, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who? Uh, he was uh, the villain in Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Cracky Coolis, what's his name? Cracky Coolis. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You don't think that's correct? No, Dormammu. No, he was also in the TV show Hannibal. Oh, I know who you mean now. Yeah. Okay. Garland Urso in the Star Wars movie that everyone okay. likes. Uh, the Rogue One. Yeah. And everybody loves Rogue One. And I say anybody that because who... I like Rogue One, but there's people right. Who don't anybody like... who's anybody likes Rogue One. But uh, no, it's a he was Cassilius mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange. Okay, but uh, I don't know because I don't know how to spell or read. He's cra- he's khaki coolest. Khaki coolest. Khaki coolest. Uh, J- uh, John Bernthal from the uh, first season, of the wa- first couple seasons of The Walking Dead. And the Punisher show. I'm sure if you go to that, you can ask him when his show is getting canceled by Netflix, and he'll roll his eyes at you like I do. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully, there's a Spider Ham version of the Punisher. Oh my goodness! And they'll call him the Punish Ham. Oh, you yeah, can't do that. They already have so many hams. That's right. You're fired. Yeah, we can't be hamming it up. And Jenna Elfman of all people are going to be there. Oh, from uh, Dharma and Greg. Yes. But she's also on one of the Walking Dead TV shows, so. Oh, she is? She's on the Fear one, I think. Oh, my goodness. I don't, uh, well, let's not say anything. Let's not say anything more. Right. Um, but the link to that convention, amongst all the other things, will be in the show notes. Uh, will the link to soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, uh, where all the shows in our network, all of our friends and like minded individuals get together and they put out the podcast and they're all collected in one spot. And if they show up on other podcasts, 
and they remind me I uh, put them up on the site, whether it be this show, whether it be Longbox Heroes After Dark, which there are two episodes of this week. One on its normal scheduled date on Friday. The other one was welcoming you into the new year with a very important decision for you listeners of that show to make. Uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Podvocacy, and Wrestling at the Edge of Tomorrow, which had both of their episodes drop today as well. And by today, I mean Tuesday. Right. Uh, but anytime any of those shows come out, they will be over there at uh, soonbenamednetwork.com, soonbenamednetwork.tumblr.com, and I talked enough about add-outs with wrestling at the beginning of this show, so that's their mm-hmm. point. Yes. Uh, every studio uh, for digital sales and freebies is having a sale, or so it would seem. Boom, Dark Horse, IDW, Valiant, Dynamite, Image, all are having sales. Some of them you have to double-check, because some of them you have to put the code in to get the sale. Marvel has two sales going on, one that they're calling the biggest Marvel sale ever, another one that they're calling the best of 2018 sale. DC is having two sales going on. One is Aquaman-related, because of the smash hit film Aquaman that Todd loved, and a DC holiday sale, which is, you know, yet another reason that they can get you to buy uh, Dark Knight Returns and Batman (laughs) Year One. As always. Uh, so there is a bunch of good stuff I recommend you go and check out in the uh, Best of Marvel 2018. You can get the first three or four, depending on when the book came out, issues of such things as the aforementioned Donny Cates Venom run. Uh, you can get, as I'm just looking through the listing of things here, you can get the first five issues of Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk run, which I think has been the uh, probably one of the better books of 2018, period, Marvel, DC, or otherwise. Maybe. So you can get the first five issues of that for a buck each if you were waiting on those uh, to come out. And pretty much anything else, it's like the first like three to five issues uh, depending when it was released in the year. I know Todd's Old Man Hawkeye has the first six issues. Just looking through the list of things here. Uh, a lot of things, strangely, just have one issue. And then, <laughs> and this is the thing I love the most. So um, so I'm looking through the sale just to see. It's like, oh, here's something where it's just randomly like one issue, or here's a thing where it's like randomly five issues of something. And then just in the midst of all of this, Todd, is issue four of Dan Slott's run on the thing. Okay. Which came out in 2005. Right. But somehow it's in this best of 2018 stuff. I don't remember that tying into anything else. I'm wondering if that's the first appearance of the rabbi in that (laughs) book and that he is going to show up in a certain book we may or may not be talking about in a minute. No, this is specifically the episode, or the episode, the issue, uh, where the thing gets Lockjaw as a pet. Oh, okay. So maybe it ties into some of the Inhuman stuff that was going on? I don't know. I don't read no Inhuman comics. I'll have to look through that and, I, and see if it has anything to do with, like I said, uh, the rabbi who's going to perform the thing's uh, wedding. Right. Well, speaking of which... Uh, all the links to these will be in the show notes, of course. Let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, as Todd has already mentioned it, issue uh, 650 or issue 5, depending on uh, who you are, of Fantastic Four, the big wedding issue. Uh, written by Dan Slott, 
with art by uh, Aaron Cooter, Michael Allred, and Adam Hughes. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to start because you've talked a lot, Joe? Well, you're, this was your pick, so you have to start. No problem. Basically, um, this whole issue leading up to Ben's wedding is a, to me, in my opinion, a love letter to the history of the Fantastic Four. Um, this is by far Dan, Dan Slott's best issue of the run. And in these uh, anniversary issues slash legacy number anniversary issues, this is the first one, in my opinion, that lives up to the hype of, of these big issues where I feel like Dan Slott wrote all the stories. There's no... Uh, like inventory stories or anything just thrown in there or reprints. It's, it's all good from beginning to end. Um, as I'm going to give credit to, to, to our good friend Josh, who said that writing for the anniversary issues is the new writing for the trade. Um, which I'll get to as we, as we discuss. But the first story starts out with, uh, the history of how the Fantastic Four got together. They're, they're retelling it as they're getting ready for the wedding and, uh, Sue is thinking about how things went and how she has to help Ben learn how to dance for the wedding. And she's thinking about how may, how they he may have had a crush on her early on and the things that she said and how they you know crashed in the spaceship and how she was the one who named him and will always feel bad for saying that 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 word to him that you're just a thing. And then it goes on to like jumpstart. She's thinking about how in one of the, tr- it, it, this actually happened in the convoluted story of how the puppet master was going to infiltrate the fantastic four by sending his blind daughter in which I, you know, I don't understand the logic of that. Nobody was going to figure it out. Uh, but they kind of looked alike. So that's why Sue tried to push Alicia on uh, Ben, but he liked her for different reasons. All very touching stuff. I'm a not a big Mike Allred fan, but this in this one it worked. I really loved his art, and it was kind of touching. Uh, beautiful story, and also Reed kind of being very distant. And when Reed has a beard, look out because something's going on. He's studying. He hasn't eaten. He's he, he's working on something, and he's kind of a jerk in the stories as we go. And then we get to the second story, which is the. Uh, b- bachelor party part of the sh- uh, story written uh, still by Dan Slott, drawn by Adam Hughes, be- beautiful Adam Hughes artwork. And it's in line with some of the great uh, bachelor party stories at Marvel, a la like the, the uh, Rick Jones and the, the Hulk one. They even, I know to Joe's makes Joe's heart grow two sizes too big. Uh, ben goes back to, to do a wrestling match because he was in the, uh, wrestling uh, federation back in the day. I even like that because I remember that run. At this point, he's like, no shenanigans, no superheroes. I want everything to work out. Things don't quite work out as they planned, though, as someone uh, interrupts. There's a thing, poker game, which is a staple to, like, the history of the Fantastic Four with, with the thing. And in the end, the marriage is going to happen, or isn't it going to happen? Things you know, go, go sideways and Ben's gonna, you know, he's like, I knew this was going to happen. I don't want to mention how it ends, but Reed comes through in the coolest way ever. Cause Reed is, is the man and he wasn't a jerk. He was actually working on something in the end. Like I said, 
this is a love letter to the Fantastic Four. I was there. I may have, you know, had dusty onions as I was reading this. And like I said, uh, with the way people write now, as Josh said, they write for the 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 anniversary issues. I feel like the original issues of one and two were crammed together. It was stretched out. Uh, so the ending of one ended up being issue two, as far as I was concerned. Then three was, uh, you know, the ending of the story. And then four was a complete throwaway story that I didn't care for. But then you get to this and I loved it. I know I'm rambling like an incoherent, you know, moron, but I, this, for me, this is the fantastic four and I am so, so happy. Um, what did you think of it, Joe? I'll, I'll, I'll give the table over to you for a second. All right. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Mike Alrod's art a little bit more than you do. Mm-hmm. I can be a little nitpicky in regards to where things specifically line up continuity-wise with what's going on with the Bachelor Party uh, and the Bachelorette Party from the wedding special. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you mentioned about this is writing for the anniversary thing. You forgot, you know, you'd mentioned about the the first couple issues that got us up to this point. So one would assume that these first five issues plus the wedding special are going to be collected as one giant trade, but I'm thinking you could put the wedding special and this together as a separate trade and issues one, two, three, four as a separate trade in and of itself. Yeah, because the one was oversized and you know what I mean? So you have all that. Right, because issue right, because issue one was oversized, two, three, four, then you've got this oversized issue, the oversized wedding special. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I am not as much as a Fantastic Four historian as you or many others. Is this something new where there was this bit between Ben and Sue going all the way back to the original story creation and so forth? I think because and I'm trying to remember, I think this is a new nod to the fact that they had that little date because Reed was being a jerk, getting his beard and not eating. Um, cause he was working on something and Sue, you know, invited him out or Ben invited her out and, you know, Reed was like, okay. And that's where they established that maybe he had a crush on her. I don't think that was ever in any of the stories, okay. but making the fact that Alicia was the puppet master's daughter and he looked like she looked like Sue, I think dance lots and Ben fell for it. That's. His well, little thing, like Sue says, with with a wig and some stage makeup, she would just look just like me. Which is what happened in those <laughs> Puppet Master issues. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I like the stuff with Johnny and Ben. Of course, like Johnny's starting to see, like maybe he's, uh, you know, going to be the perpetual bachelor and the nice little bonding thing between them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like the bit that happened to interrupt the wedding. Oh, I marked spoilers. Right. I may have marked out, Joe. Of course. Of course you did, because you're a big wrestling fan, and that's what wrestling fans do. They mark out for awesome things. Right. Uh, But like I said, outside of like a little, like a few little nitpicky things, like um, Franklin like dyes his hair blue and cuts it into like a mohawk or something. Mm -hmm. Like, is that a throwaway gag or is that going to pay off later? I don't know, right. but I have a question for you. There's something that I definitely think is going to pay off later. Okay. 
Um, the, you know, like Reed does his thing that he that to save the day. Spoiler alert: Reed saves the day on something. Um, he has a beard and he's a jerk, right? But Reed takes a blood sample from each of them. It's for the new security thing, Todd. Very clearly. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen with that? I I would certainly hope that Reed doesn't keep all that information on record somewhere where someone can hack into the uh, the databases and collect that information. You think it's going to go sideways? Yes. I think it's not going to go sideways. Okay. I think Ben's getting a son or a daughter. Oh, okay. I honestly think that sample, which is because he says, oh, we need it for the, you know, back in the day. I don't even know when you got married. Did you have to give a blood sample? Yes. Okay. See, I don't know. Um, But he gets it for the wedding. I think Reed is using that. The DNA of Ben and the DNA of Alicia, and he's gonna he's gonna ask him if you want. I can I can I can make you a test tube baby. Mm, interesting. That's my opinion where that's going. So we're gonna have the ever loving you know blue eyed Thing Junior. They can call him Thing Ju. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's what I think. But I really liked it, and again, it's, you know, I, I think it re- stands on its own, like you could read just this issue and know what's going on, you don't need to know the previous stuff, of like where they've been, and they do a good job of explaining why they're now in Alicia's apartment, and how they easily get around that. And now they have plenty of room inside that apartment, too. Oh, boy. Because, as you know, the wrestling thing for you, the apartment's bigger on the inside now, Joe. Hmm. It's almost like the writer likes a certain show from a UK network and will not be named. <laughs> right. But I just want to say, as we probably close this out, this squeaked in for me as the best issue of 2018. Wow. Like, just because this, like, in what, we didn't have FF for three years, and then, like I said, the Hickman book book was good, but it was the Future Foundation. It wasn't an actual Fantastic Four book. This, to me, was everything the FF should be. And I don't know, it just, it just, uh, you know, like I, we joke, my heart grow, grew two sizes too big this day. I, I loved it, so. So, obviously, this is not going to be able to follow up, but we're going to discuss briefly here <laughs> Superior Spider-Man number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Christos Gage with art by Mike Hawthorne. This is the continuation of Dr. Uh, Doctor Octopus, Otto Octavius, in the clone body that he had made for himself, which is kind of an amalgam of himself and Peter, uh, you know, attempting to be the better Spider-Man. He's got his group of cronies uh, that we saw in that one shot from earlier this year. This kind of takes place in between the one shot and Spider Get Spider Geddon, which I'm glad I didn't need to read to read this. Uh, and essentially, it's just establishing the status status quo. Um, Otto's ex girlfriend, whose name escapes me, knows that it's him in the Maria? disguise. I'm sorry. Is it Maria? Yes. Okay. She knows it's him. She wants to turn him over to the authorities, but an emergency comes up. So there's going to be your rivalry between the two of them. You know, your um, your superhero thing that he just can't beat by being a better Spider-Man. He's going to need to figure out a way. And is he going to do this the evil way or the good guy way? Which I think is what the crux of this story is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I just like this idea of Dr. Octopus trying to be a better Spider-Man than Spider-Man. I'll always love that. 
I enjoyed the issue. I actually read the issue. I didn't, Whoa. you know, I ended up cracking and picking it up so I could, so I could discuss with you, Joe. And I, I am not a fan of the Doc Ock as like a Peter, like another Spider-Man. Um, but I enjoyed this issue. Uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that part, but I, 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 lo- I really like this issue. I like, I can't think of what the, the, uh, the, uh, like Halloween themed group that they have that he has work, like ha- that are his eyes and ears on the street. Right, 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 right. They were in the previous issue and I forget their name off the top of my head as well. Exactly. But I think, um, the female in there who's hitting on Spider-Man, I think that's going to be a fun, interesting thing. I hope they, they do more with that. Uh, I really like that. There were some parts of it where I was like, after a while of, you know, Ock being like the blowhard in his secret identity life. And I'm like, after a while, I was like, okay, this is uh, the way he's written. You're like, yeah, he's annoying. But after a while, I was kind of like, just get, just get away from this. I want to see him doing some superhero stuff, but I enjoyed it. But like I said, I don't think we need another Spider-Man because we have like 50 of them. And he's, he's, I, I, I hope someday he goes back to the schlubby Doc Ock that I know and love. Um, but I'm more than happy to like, if this book is good and people enjoy it, you know, not everything has to be for Todd. Most things should be, but not everything. So, you know, that, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, that's to me, I prefer Doc Ock in the arms with the, you know, with the bull haircut and stuff like that. I agree. Um, my only lament, uh, was the art was a little sketchy, mm-hmm. not the best art that there's ever been, uh, but it's the night shift that he has working for him. Right. The, uh, the Michael Keaton movie. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> Michael Keaton, uh, Henry Winkler and, oh. uh, what's her face from Cheers? Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Oh, if only it was them. But yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought it was good. I enjoy it. And I'll be here for, uh, you know, as long as they're putting it out, at least. Yep. I'm probably not going to get more because my, my budget doesn't afford. And, like, you know, there's lots of stuff coming up this week, and who knows what we'll be getting. Right. Well, there's one way to know what we'll be getting, and that's with the pull post, which comes out every Tuesday with these holidays. It comes out a little bit earlier. But uh, this one came out, uh, you know, usually comes out around 5 by 5.30 Eastern Time on Tuesday. It's a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books. Be forewarned and be forearmed to know what's coming out. We're no longer keeping a dollar amount of how much we've spent in the calendar year. That was just too much. Oh, thank God we're not doing that no more. Right. We are, Well, I still am, but, you know, we're just not publicizing it, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, I never stopped. So the thing that we are doing is that what we always do is uh, attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I'm going to actually do my best to keep the tally in the future posts as well because there are stakes this time, or at the very least, steak (laughs) and eggs maybe, because uh, like I had lost last year's bet regarding on uh, the After Dark episodes of Todd guessing the one movie that I thought he wouldn't guess. This one is going to be whoever gets the most correct guesses uh, is going to uh, be owed a IHOP dinner from the other person. Now, Todd has won this, what, six years running? Yes. And this past year was the first year that I won. Todd claimed that he sandbagged me uh, to lull me into a false sense of security so that another year later down the road he can get that IHOP breakfast, which at the time he would have had to start sandbagging me. There was no IHOP being built in the area. Or was there? 
There was. I don't think we knew about it until like April. Right, but I could I at that point if you probably go back to the stats, that's when I started sandbagging. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, I am going to take this as seriously as I always do, and hopefully I will win this time, and then Todd will uh, owe me an IHOP dinner, and I'm going to get two hot chocolates this time. Oh, I'll remind the, you not to get the whipped cream. Because those, thank you, those are not free refills. They're, they should be. I, I agree. So, looking at your list, Todd, uh, the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week uh, would be Conan the Barbarian number one. No, I'm looking forward to Cone Ham the Barbarian. Oh my god. <laughs> no, definitely. A, a nice spiral cut Cone Ham. <laughs> yes. But yes, the book I'm looking forward to most is the spiral cut Cone Ham the Barbarian. Oh my goodness. So is the book you're looking forward to most? I, I mean, there isn't an Immortal Hulk out this week, but is the book you're looking forward and, to oh, most? And let me interrupt you. And also Heroes in Crisis has a big reveal, and it's the last issue of uh, Scarlet as well, which actually is coming out. So it could right. be any book, really. It could be any book. But is it also the spiral cut, Conan the it, Barbarian? It is It is uh, Conan the Barbarian, yes. Right. Uh, this I just a, like saying jokes over and over again. I agree. After the sixth time is when it starts getting funny again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yes, we already had people saying like, oh, I hope you guys talk about this book next week. And I didn't want to reply and say, of course we will, because it's going to be both of our book that we're looking forward to this week. Uh, but it is, uh, I, I assumed as much. Yep. And I can't wait to find out what cover you're going to pick up. I don't what know. Cover... I to, well, usually when it comes to things like this, mm-hmm. I'll, I, I go to my computer Wednesday morning. I pull up the thing of all the variant covers, and I look at them. I open them all up in separate tabs, and I look at them, and I think about what, what I want, and I get the JPEG of it, and I email it to my store, and I ask them, can I get this cover, please? And they say, we didn't order that one. So then mm-hmm. I just get whatever one I get. Well, uh, if that's going to happen, then I know what one you're going to get, because a certain someone with dirt and cookie hands pulled your books this week. Was it you? Yes, it was. Oh. Revenge for that the Asus strike that you did on my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hardcover. All right. Well, if it's a if it's a different one than what I've well, you know what? I, I won't even do that. I'll I'll see if you pulled the correct cover for me. Okay. And that's the other thing that that you the listeners don't get to see. Back when <laughs> DC was more free-handed with doing the dual covers for a lot of their stuff. They still do, but oh, go they ahead. They still do. I don't even pay attention. Uh, well, there's the Virgin cover and the with the no uh, logo and the logo one, but they're two different covers all uh, the time. But I oh, would go ahead. and I would get the co- look at my covers and sometimes swap out with whatever cover was already picked for me. And Todd would tell me if I was picking the right cover or not. I could do that again. Nah, let's not do that. I'm uh, per, per, you know privately. We don't need to air our grievances on that. But I, that's what I always call it. it. Was Joe? It's hey, it's Wednesday. It's when Joe comes into the into the comic shop and goes over to the table and swaps out his comics for the wrong covers. <laughs> uh, lately, I just I just accept whatever covers I'm given and then use that extra time to talk to you. Oh yes, about important stuff. Yes. So, uh, thank you everyone while you're over at, uh, you know, longboxheroes.com, of course. Be sure to check out all the past episodes of this show. 
past episodes of Long Bucks Heroes After Dark, all the stuff that Todd and I have ever did, and uh, assorted episodes of At Odds with Wrestling, of course. You can also buy something from our store, a little click through there, get a shirt, a sticker, or a pin with our fancy logo on them. And uh, also, if you want to purchase anything else in the world, and I pretty much mean anything, <laughs> uh, you could do so through our Amazon click through across the top of the page. Does not cost you anything extra. Gives us a little bit on the back end. Uh, you know, they call it an advertising fee, whatever they call it. I'm, I like it. We had a lot of purchases. Thank you very much again as well. You guys have really been coming through over the last couple of weeks. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past week was someone purchased a six month game pass members membership for the Xbox. Okay. Uh, somebody also purchased a Transformers Generations Titans Return Deluxe Misfire and Aimless. All I know is it was a big pink robot and it wasn't RC. Misfire and Aimless sounds like a lot of my life and most of the things I try. Gotcha. Uh, somebody also purchased a Toy Fair exclusive, exclusive morph from the Age of Apocalypse action figure. Ooh. And I think that was on the secondary market. I don't think that's uh just something Amazon has laying around <laughs> in the in the warehouse, you know? That would be I hope they have that crappy Tomb Raider figure that uh got a lot that, you know, changed the way they reviewed things at Toy Fair. Oh boy. And somebody uh, also purchased a Carhartt Legacy standard backpack. And I bring that up because it's a really nice looking backpack. I recommend you uh if you're in the market for uh, a backpack or any sort of outerwear, I guess. You can't go wrong with Carhartt. They're not a sponsor of the show, but uh, they make quality materials. And if and when I'm in the uh, market for another man purse, I'll probably look to see if Carhartt makes one. You don't want a custom Johnny Cash one like mine? No, I don't. Okay, I would have made you one. So, it's a little bit of a short show. I don't think we have any art attacks, do we, Todd? We do not have any art attacks. Right. And again, as mentioned, of course, uh, you know, we have no TV shows, no uh, movies to talk about right now. Uh, we'll be talking about the Doctor Who New Year's special next week. But I do want to take a special moment to thank a certain listener, or at least give kudos to a certain listener. Uh, the Pigskin Pickums wrapped up this past week. Uh, I finished 39th out of 50-some-odd people. A majority of those people, I think, stopped submitting their picks, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I, I got the placement that I did. I think you were around, like, 13 or 14. Yes, with my one a week of almost no picks because I was at the New York Comic Con. Right, so that's that's pretty good. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have to give a special shout-out to Just, Justin Altman, who was the winner of the uh, Pigskin Pickums. I think he beat our local shopkeep by two points. Yes, he did. Uh, so we follow him on Twitter. Uh, you should give Justin a follow on Twitter. Just even to say congratulations for kicking all those people's butts in the uh, pigskin pickums. Exactly. And again, whether he is or is not, I can only hope that Justin is not a football fan and just did all these picks and stuck it in everyone's face, uh, you know, because he's that good. I hope so, too. All right, so I guess, is there anything else we need to cover this week? I don't think so. I think I think it was a short show, Joe. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the prophecy came to pass. Ah, I'm glad. All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to episode 231, or, listen to me, 200, woof, 431 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe, saying we'll see you all here next week.
Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. <laughs>